And they kind of looked at me and they said the answer was, was alcohol. Tom Caulfield, James Whistle. This is the story of The Tempest 2. So ladies and gentlemen, The Tempest 2. Hello, welcome back to the Tempest 2 podcast. Hi everyone, welcome back. This is episode 39. Thank you for sticking with us where we talk about all things mindset, removing the word can't and human potential. <laughs> We've never spoken about human potential, but now no. we are today. I think if you ask someone who listens to the podcast regularly what we talk about, what do you think their answer would be? Well, I think the lack of clarity is part of the appeal. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So last week's episode, I got uh, a number of text messages from people some of whom I had no idea listened to this absolute jumble sale of a podcast. <laughs> and they were like, I was fucking crying in the car. So if we can make you cry, that's our goal. Hopefully in a good in way. In a good way. No sob stories around here. Um, yeah, so just here to put smiles on faces and maybe motivate someone to go and do something great. Absolutely. So what have you been up to this week? How was your staggy? <sighs> It was great. I'm suffering still, though. Yeah. It's, Mainly cause it's Thursday now, and <clears> you got <throat> back on Sunday night. Yeah. Mainly because, you know, as we discussed last week, we've both been absolutely put down by, a, by the flu. Yeah. And what's funny is I felt fine in Lisbon. I was like, I'm over this cold. Like, I'm done. <laughs> but I think actually looking back historically, whenever you have a couple of beers, no matter how ill you are, you're like, oh, I'm cured. Yeah. But the bill has to be paid. So Someone's got to pay. On it. Sunday, it hit me like a ton of bricks, <laughs> and it's just stayed with me. I'm still <clears throat> coughing and spluttering and sniffing like an infant, but um, it was great. Yep. Really good stag, actually. Good place for a stag, isn't it? Great place. Like, great food. Did it well. I can't overemphasize just having the sun on your face, what that does for you. <laughs> I don't need it. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. I'm in, I'm in the winter now. We, would talk, we always talk about weather. It's so British, but I think everyone on here also feels the same way. You, you told me an interesting fact about New York the yeah. other day and yeah. like the difference between our weather and their weather and some surprising things, but then the big difference. So why don't you talk us through that? Yeah, so this is because i um, got a friend who's... He does listen to the podcast. I know who you're talking about. And Don't plug him. <laughs> Uh, is is I'm gonna say it. He's anti England, anti London. Dirty bastard. I oh, know, but he's. Uh, Wait, doesn't he live in Zone One? <laughs> he does. He does. He lives on the tube. Um, but he's pro New York, and so he always moans about the weather, as we all do, about the weather, um, London in particular, and how it's always raining. But the fun fact is, is New York actually has far more rainy days a year than London, which I think on the surface makes you think, great, London has, has better weather. And you'd be incorrect <laughs> because it also has far more sunny days than London. So it kind of makes its mind up about the weather and that's what you get. If you get a sunny day, you're in. If you get a rainy day, that's what you got. London, as, we, as I look outside now, it's grey. It's not sunny. It's not raining. It's just... There's no colour out our window. It's bleak. I mean, your Tesla is a graphite. <laughs> it it blends in. It's got black wheels, and it's just... There is actually no colour to be seen in that in that frame behind us. And I think that's the issue, isn't it? That is the issue. That's the issue with 
with being British mm. is you just have to suck it up. I was watching a little clip the other day about the special forces and the training, and they came to the conclusion that the reason the British special forces are the best in the world is because they train non-stop in the worst weather in the world, where it's bleak, it's dark, it's grimy, it's muddy, it's windy, um, and your mind kind of has to just get on board with that, isn't it? That is how other other people see us, by the way. Yeah, I completely like agree. grimy, pale, grimy. ugly, bad teeth. Yeah, even the sense of humour. Yeah, like shit diet. That is what other countries look at England and yeah. be like, that's what you're full of. Do you remember when we were in New York, we did the, and we were working with a client there, and in the bar afterwards, the, a guy even came up to us and he said, your humour is such a reflection of the weather that you have there. Like, <laughs> the way that you respond to like bad things happening and like unfortunate events is exactly the way that British people react to bad weather. Yeah. It's just like, make a little stupid joke about it, like yeah. laugh the way through, like ironically. Uh, and he was pretty bang on, but I yeah. think you're right. Yeah. It's, it's the cards we've been dealt. It's mad. Uh, on that, actually, this, this isn't in the notes, but um, talking about grimy, dark situations, I had a power cut yesterday. Oh, yes. And it wasn't just an off-on no. job, was it? It was 12 hours. <laughs> it was just under. 11.30 till 10. Um, That's mental. The whole, the whole village I live in just went into the dark ages. Apart from... There's like four big mansions. Love it. They all have power. They've put their own little grid on, haven't they? They must have a little Jenny or something like that. Genius. Just there looking out their windows like... <laughs> Look at the rest of I the I thought village. there was going to be like a revolt against them. There should have been. There should have been. We're coming around it. for a, a cup of tea because yeah. our kettle won't work. Yeah. It was, it was. So I went to bed last night with a head torch on. And it got dark at quarter past four. Yeah, which is also <laughs> great. Anyway, I digress. I digress. Uh, what were we talking about? Lisbon. Yeah, so, yeah, great, great city. I really like it there, actually. Yeah, the cafe culture. I love, yeah. They do it well. Great food, great weather, great bars, great restaurants. But, like, yeah, and, and yet, like you said, you can't underestimate the power of, what did you say, it was 20 degrees 20 in degrees. the sun out? Yeah. And it's currently five degrees here in grey. T-shirt on, couple of cups, and they only serve halves, which I fucking love. <laughs> I hate pints. Yeah. There we go, I said it. <laughs> pints are for fucking morons. The demi. We're the only country that drink them. Yeah. Again, because we're grimy little morons. Got, m- <laughs> got more to deal with, haven't we? Yeah. It's like, just make it big, because I can't be fucked to walk back up to the bar. Yeah. And warm as well. Yeah, well, that's the, the ales. Thing. That's the thing. Room temperature. Just, it's just puddle water. <laughs> and tea. We drink so much tea. That is puddle water. <laughs> tea. I won't have a bad word said about tea it. Tea is just the worst drink in the world. That's the greatest thing we ever got from the invasions around the world was uh, <laughs> taking the Indian Chinese tea. <laughs> what a result. Which one? Just the black breakfast tea. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, mental. Um but speaking of being resilient mm. with the weather, uh, we're now nine days into the spinning this resilience wheel. Yeah. Um, so we've felt the wrath of the entire wheel. We've done everything now, I think, of, or some variety of, whether it's a run. Yes, um, we have actually. Burpees, press-ups, whatever it is. Um, today, we got dealt a bit of a tough hand, considering it is five degrees and bleak outside, and we got a cold water swim. Again. Again, for the second time. So we, we still have to do it. We have to go somewhere after this. Yeah. We're, we're in the office at the moment, so we've got to find a body of water 
and jump into it, <sighs> and it's freezing. No, no one cares. No, no one gives a shit. But that's, if anything, that's why it makes it even more about resilience. And we'll come on to that a bit later. Yeah, we've just discovered something very interesting. Yeah, I, th- I think we're getting somewhere with this wheel. Okay, why? I, just because, not necessarily. Well, I think we're we're learning things like when when you get the spin that's. I don't know, 50 press-ups or a, a lower number. Like, yeah, we were still doing it, boxing it off, fine. Doesn't feel like it's necessarily something that I don't want to do mm. or like it's that much of a challenge. But on the days that are more of a challenge, I feel like I've overcome something. And again, it links to what, what we'll talk about in a bit. But um, And I think <clears throat> we discussed it and we, I think what our plan is is this, as James has said, was a bit of a learning period to understanding how this thing might work, like yep. what the logistics of it are, how you post it. And I think what we're going to do is, at the start of next year, we're going to run something along the lines of this resilience wheel yep. for other people, for you guys to get involved in. January, the perfect month to actually try and achieve something. Yep. So we'll probably, what, do this to the end of the month, take our learnings away and then start communicating yeah, I think that the sounds launch about in right. January. I think that sounds about right. We're only halfway through the month. I regret saying that already. <laughs> We're just going to wrap it up at the end of today and then... Yeah, exactly. Oh, um, five press-ups again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, talking about cold water. Yes. You have signed us up for something. You son of a bitch. And you didn't tell me how long it's going to take. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you fucking... I, I did. Right. So what I've done is in the spirit of taking on things that we can't do, <laughs> pushing ourselves out of our comfort zone in a massive way, I saw an opportunity to kind of put the decision in someone else's hands, which was a big part of the reason we signed up for this thing. Um, so like with the London Marathon, there's they have like a ballot system. So you, it's where something is massively oversubscribed, you enter this ballot, and if you're lucky, or unlucky in our case, they pull your name out. So I sent you this uh, ballot to a one of the most popular open water swims in the UK. Um, but it is 10 kilometers long. And I don't think, I certainly didn't, you certainly didn't realize how no. far that was. No, um, not at all. Uh, I genuinely thought, <laughs> hand on heart, this was like a park run for swimming. <laughs> You've got your Frosties badge but, for 400 yeah, metres. But the, the website looked quite jolly and like yeah. you know, family orientated. I was like, oh yeah, fuck it. That'd be quite nice. <laughs> then I was like, fuck it. I was like, hang on. Just out of, out of like, you know, out of interest. How, how long is that going to take? And you were like, what, three, three hours? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Three hours of swimming. Yeah. And, and I think... Not possible. I think that, again... Yeah, th- this is the thing. Can you do breaststroke? You can. Yeah, you can do whatever you want. All right, breaststroke. Th- th- <laughs> I'm breaststroking the whole time. That might take five hours. Fine. But I think what te- a marathon swim is is 10 kilometers. So it's like, I just saw it as, you know, where you took on a, a marathon run in London mm. with no training. I kind of had that same approach. It's just a marathon. It's a long way, but we'll get it done. So different. It's me. so different. If you, if you stop, you drown. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. There's no pret-a-manger's. There's no coffee shops. Yeah, and and there's no one to talk to because you're mm. swimming. You just you can't even see because you're in a murky little river. <sighs> it's, it's down in uh, on the south coast. So it's going to be interesting because obviously we actually have to learn to swim. I went swimming yesterday just to see how I got on. Oh my god, it was embarrassing. 
the yeah. lifeguard was on tenterhooks <laughs> going, are you all right? Uh, and that's in a pool in David Lloyd. That's two meters deep, heated within an inch of its life. <laughs> yeah. And it's going to be cold. It's, it's tidal down there. It's going to be a challenge. And I think it's going to be very funny. Wow. So very interesting. I need to. We need to have a little look. We'll find a little twinning program. We need to find a coach, no? Yeah, for a couple of lessons. Yeah, we'll have to find a little open water. I think there is an open water swim thing near here. Yeah, that we can uh, we can go to. But it's definitely more challenging than I thought it was going to be. I've never done anything for three hours. No, it's a long time, isn't it? I've never run for three hours. Patagonia. Patagonia, yeah. But yeah, there was like... That was walking. Was, some stopping. of that was sliding down a glass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. On our ass. It wasn't just no. pounding the pavement. Yeah, this is... It's going to be interesting. Maybe we'll see if we can speak to Ross Edgley and get a, yeah, get he'll a few get back tips to us for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> We're super connected with the world of adventure. <laughs> Yo, yeah. Bear, what up, boy? We'll, we'll see. Um, Good stuff. We'll see what we can do. But yeah, so that'll be interesting. Yeah. But again, it's uh, it's going to be a challenge. Um. On another note, on challenges. Yes. I have figured out how we're going to make a million pounds next year. <laughs> Go on. I'm, I'm all ears. So, there is an Amazon Prime series that came out recently. Oh, yes. And it's called 007 Road to a Million. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now, this is it's quite a weird program. It's like a combination between uh, like a, what's that one? Race Around the World. Yes. That's the famous one, isn't it? Yes. It's kind of a mix between that, Fear Factor, and Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. <laughs> yeah, a bit of crystal maze in there. But the interesting thing about it is it's, co-created with obviously Amazon Studios but the also the producers and filmmakers of the James Bond films the modern yeah. ones so it is shot like a hollywood movie yes the the quality of the content is pretty exceptional and basically nine teams enter nine pairs and they each have the opportunity to win a million pounds um and they basically go to all these locations that have been made famous by the bond films so scotland um somewhere in venice oh, i didn't get that link but that makes totally so every sense, every place is like a scene from a Bond film. Like it, yeah. And they have to do a challenge. Uh, and then when they do a challenge, they find a briefcase, they open a briefcase, and there's a question. And it could be, you know, how far away is that volcano? It could be, what of these three was a Scottish king? Random shit. <laughs> and basically, yeah, it goes on for however many questions, and the last one is for a million quid. I reckon this is it for us. I I agree, but if I was them, I wouldn't let us do it. Because... Because we are professional adventurers. fucking legit. So, okay. So we have to film the application today, by oh, the way. Oh, yes, we do. Very After good point. This. Well remembered. Okay. We've got a lot to do today, guys. I know. And jump in a piece of water. <laughs> piece of water? Piece of water. <laughs> um, put my piece in the water. Anyway. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> um, okay, so maybe we have to lie. Right, okay. Pull down the Instagram. Well, they, they love, you know, all these programs love a, a sob story, don't we? So what's our sob story? Um, Vertically challenged. But yeah, both short. <laughs> uh, like, COVID sunk our business? Yes. We, You know, we were COVID. COVID happened. I've got COVID now. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have a cold. I, um, th- no, I think, I don't know. They or might, will they like the bravado? Yeah, they might like the fact that we're not actually very good at anything. Mm. And they might... The thing that I think we will generally fail at, genuinely fail at, 
are the questions. Yeah, obviously, yeah. Some of them are very hard. <laughs> the, getting to the questions, easy. easy. We'll manage that. But a lot of it is, I don't know, general knowledge. Guesswork as random well. Random stuff. Yeah. Watching a couple of them just answer a question and early doors get spat out and get it wrong is gutting. Yeah. That would be so annoying. They don't even walk away with five grand. But imagine if we get in, that'd be so funny. It would be absolutely amazing. But it takes like a year to film. It's all over the world, isn't it? It's yeah. Fucking crazy. It's a hell of a commitment. Yeah. What, what did you get after? You'd have to get a 007 tattoo, wouldn't you? If you Definitely. Yeah. And an Aston Martin. <laughs> no, bro. <laughs> it's like you spent all of it on Aston Martin <laughs> and a shitty tattoo. That's <laughs> <laughs> an investment. But I think, yeah, well, we'll send the application in. We'll hear nothing back and yeah. we'll never talk of it again. But we did one for Hunted. Hunt, is it Hunted? Yes, we did. We did one for Hunted and we filmed it in a bush, didn't we? Because we thought it'd be funny. And we never heard back. That that was the most insane application of all time. So here we are in a bush. <laughs> Get it? We're hiding. We're like taking the piss out of their whole yeah. program. <laughs> they must have watched it and be like, what a pair of fucking idiots. Yeah. Of course we're not going to let them in. So, like, oh, look, we're being hunted. <laughs> idiots. It's like, what the fuck? What, what was the other one? Didn't we apply for the adventure race as well that was in Patagonia? Yes. Yeah, mm. we've never got accepted. <laughs> Didn't get into <laughs> that one either. says a lot about... Our demeanour on camera. Uh, definitely. But we have been referred to as the Anton Deck of Adventure numerous times. So. Just a few times, yeah. No, just without the success. <laughs> or drinking problem. Yes. Mm. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we're going there, are we? Yeah, sorry, Ant, yeah, but sorry, pull yourself together, man. <laughs> yeah, it's get not a disease. Um, <laughs> right, let's move on to the Adventure Mindset segment, and let's really get into the meat of this. So this is... I'm going to let you explain it. I'm just going to tee it okay. up very quickly. Yeah. There's something that you mentioned about two hours ago. And now we are thought leaders um, on it. And it's a study that we've discovered. <laughs> uh, but no, I'll let, let you really dig into it and we'll see if we can make sense of it. The way you explained it to me was great. And then I watched the thing and I read the study and you did a good job. So do it okay. again. I'm going to try and be as eloquent as possible here. This has basically just come from a podcast I listened to on the car on the way here. Um, <laughs> it's an unknown podcast by Chris Williamson and Andrew Huberman. Yeah, you <laughs> won't have heard of Basically the biggest podcast in the world, so I'm <laughs> sure you've already heard this. But what struck a chord is that for years we have been talking about mindset and resilience and motivation and how doing hard things, you know, you can grow your mind like a muscle, you lift heavy weights in the gym, you've got to lift heavy weights for your mind. And it's all kind of been very anecdotal, isn't it? It's a bit wishy-washy. At best. At best. <laughs> People are like, yeah, okay, of course it is. And this, we're like, you know, no, really, it does make a difference. And, but there's no proof for it. Yes. This is the proof. So there is a part of your brain called the AMCC. It's got a much longer name that I can't remember. The anterior. And basically, <laughs> this part of the brain is, I wish I'd written notes on this. this is, I know, I this did is ad, that. Yeah, this is ad lib. Okay. So this could be wrong. But this is the part of the brain that essentially deals with, I guess, like decision-making, your reaction to stress and pain and things like that. Basically, it's like your performance center. And what they found out, and this is the fascinating part, is that when you do hard things, and this is the integral part of this sentence, when you do hard things that you do not want to do, yes. so I'll give an example of that, if you don't like running, but then you go and run 15K, that is very different to loving running and going running 100K. Yeah. Okay? 
because you're you're doing that by choice. You are participating in that because you enjoy it. This is that has no relevance to the AMCC. It's doing stuff you do not want to do. And if you regularly do things you don't want to do, and that could be DIY, yep. that could be if you hate running, going for a run. It could be like sitting down and learning a language if you find that difficult. Yep. By doing things like that consistently, it changes the size and activity of this part of your brain and basically is the physiological form of building resilience. Yep. And the, you know, why is that important? There's, the hundreds of studies have shown that if you have a large AMCC part of your brain, you deal with anxiety, you deal with kind of um, pain, both emotional and physical, your motivation is sky high. It basically makes you more resilient. You have more tenacity, more motivation across your whole life and has a huge like factor in success, essentially. Yeah. Which is the, that, that was the interesting part of it is there is a correlation between successful people and this part of their brain. Yeah. I was just listening to it and it's like, fuck. Yeah. This is actually what we've been fucking talking about. Uh, it literally, as soon as I watched it and you mentioned it, it, it did exactly the same to me. It just rang a bell. Frustratingly, I wrote a newsletter just yesterday that went out that was basically me trying to explain <laughs> this exact thing. But then what we did was... <laughs> but that that's exactly the the trouble that we've had and like the barrier we've faced is explaining because we get the questions in keynotes, but why, you know, why do hard things? Like what, what's the point? And other than the anecdotal, you know, the obvious mindset benefits, getting out of your comfort zone, you know, stretches, shows what you're capable of, like makes being in tough times slightly easier, but we've never had, or, or and it's not really been out there that much. You know, we read a lot of these books and listen to a lot of the stupid podcasts and stuff as well. It's not really been there, but this is, as you said, the actual science behind why it works and how it works, which is pretty remarkable, to be fair. Yeah, it's mad. And, you know, we need to dig into this properly now and actually try and speak to people in the know. But we definitely want to try and do something where we scan our brain yep. before maybe two months of just this maybe you know, resilience wheel, doing hard shit we don't want to do, and then scan at the end and see if there's a difference. Yeah, and I, I think, like you said, it's really important, the thing of that you don't want to do. Mm. And I just think, I found that one of the most interesting parts, is people romanticise, yeah, the last two reps of bench press, but they go to the gym all the time. Yeah. You know, someone who goes to CrossFit every morning, you know, that becomes comfortable, that routine, something that they want to do, they look forward to, obviously because there's physical and mental benefits of doing that, but it's not growing this AMCC. And that's what I found fucking interesting. And it doesn't need to just be physical. But And this was the exact point of this resilience wheel, was we both were saying, we both exercise more than most, but yep. we go to a nice gym yep. and we get a sauna and stuff after. And we both just felt like we're fucking soft. Yeah, exactly. Because we want to do that. Yeah. We actually enjoy doing that. Yeah. And that is having no benefit. Obviously, there's physiological benefits for exercising. That's obvious. But there is no mental benefit to doing that in terms of like growth. Yeah, exactly. The issue is why the fitness industry is a trillion dollar industry is you can say, go and do that for a month and you'll look in the mirror and there's a difference. Yeah. The hard thing with this is you're not going to get many people going down to their local brain scanner no, exactly. <laughs> and doing a before and after. Exactly. I wonder if there's like a little pinprick blood test that could test like the... Oh, Maybe in 20 years. Maybe, <laughs> fuck. But that's the thing, isn't it? Is when we talk about this, doing this challenge in January, 
that like doing hard things will increase your resilience, but getting someone to sign up to 30 days of actually doing stuff they really don't want to do is much harder ask yeah. than going into a nice clean gym, doing a few crunches. Well, so it's, yeah, it's fascinating. And they found that there's, so there's this group of people in a, in a population called super ages. And they are basically people that when they get to 80, 90 years old, have the cognitive ability of a 30 to 40 year old. Yeah. And they have found across the board, they all have an enlarged AMCC because they've, they are basically like lifelong learners. Yeah. So like it's effects on like reducing chances of dementia, anxiety, depression is like enormous. Yeah. And what was the, what was the thing that you mentioned about diet and like people starting a diet versus falling off. Yeah, so like one of the examples they gave was so if you you know go on a diet where I don't know you're you're trying to not eat any carbs or cutting out any junk food or salt or whatever it is. You know, if you stick to that diet and you are like completing that goal, then your AMCC grows. But if you do the same thing but then fail as in like you, oh, you you kind of lack the motivation and you go and eat a fucking burger or whatever, it has a negative impact and your AMCC shrinks. So it's, it's all around like motivation and willpower and tenacity to do something that you don't want to do. Because yeah. no one wants to eat a salad. No, exactly. You know, no one wants, no one really wants to do that. Yeah. Everyone would rather, not everyone, but most normal people would rather eat a burger. Yeah. But by saying no to the burger and doing something you don't want to do, that is what, it's fascinating that that is the part of the brain. It is just, it's all based on stuff that you do not want to do. Yeah, it's, it's actually, it's, I've just thought, it's quite linked to, I was watching a clip yesterday. Um, it's like a really a famous quote, but action precedes motivation. Yeah. By like doing something you don't want to do and actually like getting started, like is what gives you the motivation. That's kind of what this is all about. Um and I, yeah, so we had a, a newsletter last week. If you're not on the newsletter, do sign up. It's yeah, called it's the Adventure Capital. Really great. Weekly drops on uh, mindset and removing current. But last week was about farmers, basically. Do they have the ultimate mindset for productivity, happiness, success? And watching these videos, hearing you talk about this study, kind of made me think of these guys as well, because their whole day... It's kind of filled with hard tasks. Yeah, doing shit they definitely don't want to do. And it changes every day. It's not like they do exactly the same thing all the time. You know, they might have a pregnant lamb. I'm not going to say wife. (laughs) (laughs) And that. Yeah, might have a pregnant wife. She's kicking off. (laughs) She's throwing her toys out the pram. (laughs) Oh, she's moaning again. (laughs) But but they are. They're, they're, They're a bit of a case study of people that just... You know, they're not looking to optimize every... They're not biohacking every minute of their life. They're not <laughs> eating a perfect diet. They're, but they are doing hard things consistently. Every day of the every, year. Every day. And they're pretty consistent. You know, you never really hear of a farmer go down for two weeks and he's not working. No. But the amount of bankers... There ain't no mental health in farming. There's not, is there? I'll tell you that. They're outside. They're doing hard shit. Yeah. They're working. That's a good point. A I farmer, ain't got time a, for it. A farmer has never had a mental health day. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> Literally not once in the history of mankind <laughs> has a farmer had a mental health day. <laughs> so it's like, do you know what, guys? I just can't. It's like, what do you say? It's like, mucho, mucho, mucho yeah. It's like, well, those 18 cows yeah, yeah, aren't going to well, milk themselves. Yeah, your sheep are running down the fucking M4. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the fence is gone, mate. Put your fence back up. But I, so I, where I live now is, you know, surrounded by farmland. They're definitely not happy, that's for sure. They're fucking... Who, the ang- sheep? Yeah, the sheep or the farm. <laughs> oh, are, oh, God. They yeah. are angry folk. Oh, oh, my God. Yeah, just look at our... 
landlord yeah. here. Yeah. Just angry fuckers. Just angry man. But I can <laughs> see why. Oh, God, yeah, I'll be I raging. I can see why. Um, but I'm, I'm watching them. <laughs> Sorry, Pete. I'm Sorry, watching mate. them. And just the stuff they're doing. Like, it'll be midnight. Um, don't know what I'm doing up. But <laughs> just Your power's just come back yeah, on. Yeah. Uh, and they'll be, you know, harvesting, like, all through the night. And then I'll see, you know, a fucking fence has blown down and it's pissing with rain. Two sheep have escaped. <laughs> and there's this bloke there and you can just see, he's just like, are you fucking kidding me? It's like, it's but he has to do it. Exactly, no one else is going to no. do it. So it's 4am, Farmer yeah. Dave. What are you even doing out there? It's like, Oh, he's dogging. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dave. <laughs> Sorry, Dave. Oh, oh, he's dogging again. You've got to do enough. it. You've got to do it at some point. <laughs> Bloody hell, Dave. But yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, we've obviously just scratched the surface of it, literally. But that's the sort of stuff that fascinates us. Mm. So we are going to deep dive. We'll put the swim caps on, put the scuba gear on, and we'll go deep diving oh, baby. into the AMCC, which is the anterior mid-cingulate cortex. Oh. What's there the other go. C for? Club. No, no. That is mid-singular. Mid-singular, but yeah. singular with a C. Yes. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I know. Hip. <laughs> <laughs> so just to make it completely unaccessible yeah, to yeah, most yeah, people. Yeah. Ooh, another misspelling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Obviously, I'm gonna get. No, I'm gonna try and tell this story in a week to someone. I'm just gonna be like, yes, yeah, the the anterior <laughs> mid senile <laughs> cylindrical club yeah i think it's a senile club yeah. <laughs> yeah. um but yeah so maybe we'll have an mri scan in the next week and see if we've got one hope so hope we, might be, like, we else. might be like alex honold who just doesn't have an amcc <laughs> what, uh, what did he not have uh, his he, fear he response no reaction to fear yeah it's same as that um bloke who used to jump out of planes like parachutes what's his name like jared something yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Je- no, Jed, Jed something. Oh yeah, Jed, the the proximity flyer. Jeb Corliss. Jeb Corliss, who landed oh, yeah. in some. I don't know where. Yeah, that, that came out your AMCC. <laughs> <laughs> the guy who parachuted into some fucking IKEA boxes. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, some what he did. flat pack yeah. furniture. <laughs> flat pack Jed. Just <laughs> <laughs> flat pack Jed. That's his fucking invent. That's his stage name. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Right. <clears throat> God. Right, we're just going to finish, just wrap up today and try and make this a little bit of a regular thing. But just think of a couple of examples. Um, try and bring an example each of someone who we think has represented removing can't, lived and breathed it in the last week as an example that we've seen. And by that, it's doing something different, someone someone pushing the limits, someone doing something that we've not seen before. Um, and it can be in any walks of life. So I'm going to let you go first. Jared Leto climbed the Empire State Building. I saw that. Mm. That's, That's cool. mental. It's like a PR stunt for their new album. Is that what it's for, the music? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Fair play. How did he climb it? They rigged it properly. Top um, rope did? Top rope, yeah. Um, but it, 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 it looked quite hard climbing. It, you know, it was almost like a bit of a, mm. a, bit of a corner, I guess. What's he done? Like, yeah, bridged up it? What are we talking about? No, there's kind of little, there's obviously like metal framework. So it's kind of like a little bit like changing corners, but much easier. <laughs> but he he got up and had a full photo shoot. <coughs> yeah, the content's amazing. It's the sort of person, like you can't know what, not any person can go and do that. But he's well into climbing, isn't he? Yeah. He climbs a lot with Honold in Yosemite. He's oh, he, I saw he did that, didn't he? Um, I saw him climbing up 
stove legs. Actually. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah, to be fair, he fucking raced up the thing. Yeah. For, the, for those two hours. For those that don't know, yeah, stove legs is a um, a couple of pitches on the nose of El Cap that we climbed. Oh, he wasn't guilty. leading it though, so no, he wasn't. There you go. He Which top, is about it. what do you reckon? Two hundred times scarier. Way more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like a, it's like a different thing entirely. The scariest thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then it comes on to me, and I don't have an example. Oh, great. Perfect. Came prepared. Yeah, but I did think about it for some time. And why did you set it up as we are both going to do it, knowing you know. didn't have one? I, I are you searching it, for one now? I'm literally on BBC, <laughs> trying to see what comes to mind. <laughs> I've got nothing. Good. David Cameron. Yeah, well, obviously he's, he's, removed, he's removed can't. He did. I can't go back into office because I'm a helmet and I let us into Brett. I've done it. Yeah, I've done it. I've done it. I've, yeah. li- I've literally conquered it. Resilient. I, I was the PM. I completely <laughs> fucked it. Since then, I've made 10 million quid. Man. And then I'll go back in. Man, oh, man. As the second most important job. Man, oh, man, oh, man. So, yeah, maybe maybe this week my removing can't <laughs> does go to Mr. David Cameron. Fuck the old a, a pig's best friend. Fuck. Back to the farmer. <laughs> Fuck me. Fuck a pig. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness me. You for, will for get context, some... context, if you don't know that story, he fucked a pig. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for an initiation. <laughs> yeah, he did, didn't in he? In a Bullingdon club. Yeah. Where in, where's that? Uh, Oxford. Well done him. Yeah, shagged a pig in a Bullingdon club. And I feel like that needs to be out there. We need to know who's running our country. Mm, pig shagger. Exactly. Yeah. Fair play. Squeal, piggy, squeal. <laughs> that's, a, uh, that's a quote. <laughs> from a TV show, if you didn't know. Good wine, Grand Cheridor. Yeah. <laughs> Big pig. It is. We're just riffing <laughs> yeah, on Yeah, now, now we should stop that. I love bacon. <laughs> but, um, but on that note, there's no better way to end it than a little political jibe. Yes. So thanks for listening. Thank you, everyone. Congratulations. Um, we'll see you next week. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.